Welcome to the Culture of Truth. This is a podcast that reviews the truth of God's Word and discusses the influence it has on our lives and worldview. My name is Will Hawkins, and alongside me are my good friends Jeff Amstutz. Oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> and Rob Greer. How we doing? How we doing? All right, guys. Last episode, we talked about chapter two, the Word of God from Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology, and it was a really good time. Uh, we encourage all of y'all to go back and listen to it. In this episode, we'll move into chapter three, the canon of scripture. We will start with the summary of the text along with key takeaways, and then from there, we'll get into some some personal application for, for our lives. Uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and warm up. How have you guys experienced God's truth this week? Yeah, I'd say for me, it's God's sovereignty revealed through answered prayer literally sitting at a rehearsal with the Jimmy McNeil band and we're praying for each other. Uh, and then after we're done praying very shortly after getting text messages of like, Hey, that those, those prayers got immediately answered and there's no other explanation than God moved in those people we prayed for like that fast. Like it's just unbelievable. Like God is truly sovereign. And that just, just really, um, just opened my heart, uh, even more, uh, towards, towards God for, uh, just man, he is sovereign. Even when I don't mm-hmm. feel it, remember these. Like Jeff, remember that because you're gonna be times you're like, is God sovereign? Of course he is. He's shown you that. He's gonna show you again. Amen. Amen. I would say just God's grace. You know, just experiencing that through confronting a brother and and talking things out. You know, I think God calls us to to be ministers of reconciliation with the gospel. And so displaying that by how you communicate with, with a brother or sister and addressing issues between you two and reminding each other of the gospel and how we both have been forgiven of our sin, but also how we've treated one another. And so I think just experiencing God's grace through communication with a brother this past week has been encouraging and also just a reminder of God's love for me. So, Yeah, man, that's good. Uh, Jeff, I would say mine kind of aligns with maybe even a flip side of what you're saying. For me, I'm having to trust in God's sovereignty that he is in control of our situations, uh, no matter how small or how large. Right now, my, my wife just recently graduated from grad school. She's She passed her registered dietitian exam, her state, her state exam, so now she's... She's a licensed registered dietitian. So now the next stage is trying to find a job. And so we're just trusting God that he's going to provide her and put her in a, in a really nice situation that she's going to be happy in and thrive in. Um, and so that's, that's a prayer right now. So that part of the, the truth that I'm experiencing this week is that prayer, prayer changes things, even if we don't see it for a while, that God is doing a work behind the scenes. And so that's what I'm trusting in. Yeah, man. Okay, Uh, let's get into some summary. Rob, you want to take it away? Yes, sir. So the summary is, you know, what, what what belongs in the Bible and what doesn't belong in the Bible. The canon of scripture that you mentioned earlier, just to define that, is the list of all the books that belong in the Bible. And so we'll, we'll just kind of dive in tonight, but also just over the course of this series, different reasons why. God's word is God's word. And so tonight we'll focus mainly on the Old Testament canon and a little bit about the the New Testament canon and kind of dive into some of the the higher level themes of these mm-hmm. 
these specific sections within scripture and hopefully walk away with the reminder that we all have this faith, this gift of faith that God has given us. And God is also showing his faithfulness to us through his Holy Spirit as we read these words. And so the summary is just that, you know, what, why are these books in the Bible and why are these books considered Old Testament versus New Testament canon? Okay. Jeff, you want to hit us with those key takeaways? Yeah. uh, Takeaways from this are, are pretty practical. Big takeaway for me is the books that represent God's word that we find in the Bible, they're, that they're chosen based on self-referential authority. It's not people's opinions or feelings that um, they were trying to contrive some narrative. It's God's word because it says it's God's word. And so it, it's, it's important to defend it because if we start saying things are God's word, they aren't God's word. That's how deceitful uh, false teaching creeps into the church. The kind of way that shows up uh, on a large scale is large groups of people walk away from truth. Um, so heresies, or when people say, I choose a different path than, than God's word, those can show up often because the canon of scripture is challenged. Whether it's the New Testament is not scripture, uh, or if it's the New Testament's incomplete, and there are these other scriptures that need to be added to it. Um, that end up disagreeing with what we find in the Bible. So those those are the takeaways for me. Yeah, that's great. What would you guys say is the essential truth that we find in this text, or this doctrine, essentially? What God says is His, is, is His. And going back to what Jeff just mentioned, the, the scriptures are self-attesting. And so I'm actually going through the book of, of Exodus right now. It's really cool how God is calling Moses to to go and lead his people out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses questions God and he says, God, how am I supposed to tell these people who you are? And God says, I am who I am. And so when I when I when I think of what is the essential truth we find in this specific chapter is God's word will self referential itself in terms of the authority that it has, like God's word is God's word. And I believe that because he's revealed that to me. Yeah. For me, what I know is that when a prophet says, this is the word of the Lord. Yeah. That, that that's God speaking. When God says, write this down for they are my words. When they got written down, that's what I'm reading. That's God's words. When, when Jesus says, I am the word of God, what I'm saying to you, Guess what? That's from the word of God. When mm-hmm. uh, the apostles are, are saying that it is the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter, that's, that's God speaking. Uh, so we, we know regularly throughout the entire Bible that that self-referential authority is is claimed. And then it all comes to a capstone in Second Peter. Uh, I'm going to read Second Peter uh, 19 through 21. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing that first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So when we think about biblical canon, we're confirming, as you said, Rob, as God revealed to us that 
these are God's words. That what is in the Bible is in the Bible because it's what God said. Yeah, and how would you describe to people when they ask you, how do we know that the books there are the books when there were so many different writings that existed from then to now? Why is it these books that are included? Yeah, there, there's two answers to that. One is uh, faithful men that have decided to go and map out the how scripture refers to itself. Um, so they're... There's collected reasoning about it. And then there's the spiritual side that when we all read scripture, it is all the same Holy Spirit revealing to us that this is scripture. So there's the head side where we say, yeah, when Paul's epistles are described as scripture, that that's the Holy Spirit speaking. But then we also have uh, in our hearts by the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, all of this is pointing to Christ. And we know straight from Jesus's mouth, that's what the Holy Spirit was given to us for, to empower us in pointing us back to Christ and your desperate need for a Savior, that Savior being Jesus Christ. What's in the Bible is there for that purpose. I have nothing else to add to that. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're kind, sir. <laughs> Truthfully speaking, though, the, the Holy Spirit, and like you said, just the collective reasoning of those men that God specifically chose to write those things through them by his Holy Spirit was reasoning for trusting that what was deemed scripture is from God. Yeah, there there's there's two ways you can you can view this that it's logically consistent. So the if you want to go at it and and figure out if the logic stands, it does. Do the research, go Go read Systematic Theology, and is this essentially Wayne Grudem's summary? Like, go do all the research if you if you doubt that from a logical perspective. If, if that is you, you should go do that. There's on the other side, there's the spiritual side of it. That even if you go and find that it's logically consistent, you might find yourself still doubting it. In which case, you should pray to God to desperately reveal himself to you that this is his word. And if you also find yourself that that's the easy part. Oh, okay. It's God's word. That's great. Don't let it end there. Be prepared to give a defense of your faith. Part of it, like, why do you believe that God's word is God's word? So if you believe it, but you don't know why, just like the call for the person who wants to go do the research should ask God to reveal to them that this is God's word. You should also ask God for you to give you the the patience and the endurance to go and learn more about him through how he has revealed himself through scripture. And that's defined as the canon. Yeah. God revealed himself through prophets and leaders that he deemed authoritative. And so those people were able to add to God's word and it lined up with what he was what he was wanting to say and what he wanted to communicate to his people so that way they can live a life that is in obedience to him and ultimately brings him glory so you have Moses you know prophets and then you have the disciples and those all those people you see them in the books of the bible now because God wanted it that way so they all reference each other. They all speak to scriptures that each other wrote and they, they deem them as scripture. They refer to them as scripture. Yeah, man. 
man. So, you know, there's so much to think about with all this, but, uh, you know, moving from that to then more of focusing on the heart, focusing on the emotions that, that it leads us to, where do you guys, how do where do you guys sit with that? How does this sit on your heart? I feel the weight of what it means to have God speak through you. And when I read scripture, talk about scripture, it's how God spoke through men who got out of the way, who mm. in some way, in, in partial form, uh, in Jesus in full, in fully, uh, but in partial form from all of them, to get to deny themselves, to get out of the way, to say, this is what the Lord says. You see prophets regularly rejected by the people because God's words to them were not ones they wanted to hear. And mm -hmm. so for God to speak means that that person had to say, I am not the center of attention here. I may have horrible things happen to me by declaring what God says, and I'm going to be faithful and do it anyway. Jesus was so faithful to it. He died on a cross. Uh, we see uh, the early church people, you see martyrs and, and horrible, like Paul thrown in prison and just, it was not easy going. So when I see the canon of scripture, I see men who are faithful to speak the words of God. And that to me gives me a feeling of, of weight of responsibility that the spiritual gift of prophecy. So prophecy being saying God's words that spiritual gift, something that I think is, is a good and worthy gift to grow and, and to, and to do that, that is the, the, the canon of scripture directly speaks to the weight of that, that to me, I, I feel that when I, when I think about this. Yeah. I think what I would add to that just in short is the world doesn't revolve about around Robert. I am here and there's scripture for this in Isaiah, I believe, 55. But I am here for God. We are here for living for him and reflecting who he is. And so when you think about, as you were saying, wait, Jeff, it's like getting out of the way of thinking everything is about you. Although we are here for God, he wants us to not only enjoy and experience him, but enjoy experiencing him with others and helping them see that as well. That's how you feel. You feel that, that, that burden or that call to do such a thing. But the good thing about that is you get to enjoy more and more of who God is through the process. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mine's simple. It just puts me in a place of awe and wonder that from the beginning, you know, he, he came in and then at the end it's, just the way that he has been sovereign over it from beginning to end is just has me in awe that after all the translations and copies made that his word is still intact and it still is uh, useful for teaching, for reproof, for all the things that the scripture or that that verse says in Second Timothy 14 through 17 all those things are true even to this day. Like to me, that, that just puts me in a place of awe. So, and I guess in a response to that would be for me to just continue to lean into it and to continue to read his word and talk about it with others like we're doing here today um, and just continue to grow in him. 
yeah, it's a big call to action for me to like, like every time, like, cause this is not the first time I've read through systematic theology. Every time I read this chapter, it's like, man, there's so much history. I just don't remember that's spiritually okay to some point. Yeah. But also it's like a, a good reminder that I, I want to know more about the history of the bride of Christ. That's an interesting way to think of the church, of the history of the church. You're lear- learning about the history of the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Church is not just us individuals or the current um, local church that you're a part of. Uh, it's a big, yeah. it's a big thing that's, that's happened for thousands of years. And that's history I want to know more about and, and to even be connected to the, the, the Jewish nation in the Old Testament. Uh, there's so much more to learn through that about how Christ fulfilled all that stuff and, and all of that, like their view of old Testament scriptures is just as important as, uh, our church view of new Testament and old Testament scriptures. And all of that is stuff. I'm, I just don't remember a ton. Uh, so when revisiting this chapter, um, a big call to action to me is like, Hey, make sure you're regularly making progress on learning about this stuff. Yep. Uh, I would, I would third that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of us have the same desire here and, and call to action really is to is to continue to stay faithful to learning about God and about the history of his people from, from the beginning until until now. I mean, Jesus literally says we cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord or from the mouth of God. Matthew four four and so bits and pieces. Every day. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to continue to walk through that with y'all, to dive into his word, to learn more, to grow each week. Um, And we, of course, invite everybody listening to do the same, to continue to seek him, continue to grow, continue to try to seek out truth and just learn, you know, seek with the, with that humility that we don't have the answers. A lot of us don't have the answers. And, and that's the point of this podcast is it's okay to not know, but this is for everybody. This scripture is for everybody. You know, we don't need some special degree to be able to, to learn about doctrine and theology. So as we continue into the next episodes, we're, we're looking at chapter four, which is the characteristics of scripture. First one being authority of scripture. The rest, of the, the rest of the characteristics, which are clarity, necessity, and sufficiency, we'll do in consecutive episodes. So uh, we'll be able to expand and ha- can continue this conversation. So we invite y'all to join us. And before we leave, I just wanted to leave you with this verse, Psalm 25, 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me. You are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Thanks for listening to the Culture of Truth podcast. Until next time. See you.